Man, what a time to be alive. We're back with the Dadgum Coyote Fitness Podcast. Let's go. I give it a 10. That was a 10. <laughs> I felt like you just blew the speakers in, in every SUV in suburbia. Today, <laughs> I definitely give you an A for enthusiasm. How long did you plan that? It, I, I panicked, and that came out. <laughs> <laughs> I know what it is. It's your first day of vacation, and you're recording the Cody Fitness Podcast, and you're like fired up to be here. Yep. That's that also, it. let's go as fast as possible so I can get back <laughs> to the couch. <laughs> All right. I know we talk about this a lot, but surely something's on your Netflix right now. It's your first day of vacation. What What do you go to? There's a Good burger. lot. Huh? Good burger. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, someone gave me the recommendation of, uh, what's, is it Sherlock? Just Sherlock? That's yeah. the series? Yeah, someone series, yeah. really recommended it to me. So I may have to like finish that by the time I come back to work. Hey, speaking of Sherlock, we're going to talk about uh, nutrition today. Excellent. Yes, hey, absolutely. While we're on the subject. That segue was better than your intro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well. Yeah, so, well, in all seriousness, something that uh, a topic that I'm surprised it's taken us this long to get to because it is one of the major roadblocks to uh, being physically prepared for anything, the stuff that we're taking in. So we're going to have a just a moment to be able to hear from two guys that – uh, I actually know a lot about this from personal experience, Hunter and Chris, and uh, I feel like I shouldn't welcome you guys to the podcast studio because you're actually the only two guys on this podcast that know anything about what we're talking about. So maybe, Chase, maybe we should say thank you for allowing us to be here to these guys. Yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> so we, in order to talk about nutrition, uh, look, let's be honest, this is a scary topic, not only for athletes, but just for people in general, because we've been taught so much crappy stuff about what it actually means to have a healthy approach. When Hunter first set me down to talk about nutrition at the end of OnRamp, it was like he was sitting me down and giving the talk. He was like, all right, sit down. We're wrapping up here, but you need to know everything I'm about to say. Your life is over. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to pull back the curtain Think on about all the delicious. Works things you ate this week you're never gonna eat them again <laughs> you're about to eat all the chicken you've ever eaten in your life yeah you bring up an interesting point though and i've had the same experience that like, all the stuff i learned before i was involved with crossfit most of it 90 percent of it was absolutely incorrect absolutely and uh well, let's say absolutely again um so we get into crossfit and we learn this new way of of eating and food for fuel and there's just a particular language inside of crossfit that people need to be aware of, and it and it actually works. Here's the thing: we can fast forward. Spoiler alert: this approach to nutrition actually works, but there's different language surrounding food than most people have ever heard before. So, Chris, I'd love for you to start us off by saying, "Hey, this is the way that CrossFit approaches food and approaches that as fuel for athletes." Just kind of give us the lay of the land, so we're not so disoriented as we launch into this conversation. Yeah, sure. And it was really interesting what you said about. Um you know how we're always fed different things like we're you're always getting, i get it yeah, i get it punny oh, man genius. it's gonna be a good day yeah <laughs> on a roll so oh there he goes <laughs> oh man you keep this up all day <laughs> anyway so uh so back in uh, back in 2002, Greg uh, Greg Glassman gave us fitness in 100 words, and he and during those 100 words, he gives us a little breakdown on nutrition, and it's so funny how you're all uh, like I was saying you're all um, you're always hearing these different ideas of you know should I be doing this or should I be doing that, and a lot of times these ideas are just on completely opposite ends of the spectrum, and it's like a pendulum that swings back and forth. And the great thing about what Glassman says, what I'm about to read to you, is um, it really 
just like a pendulum thing swing it swings from one side to the other but eventually it, it comes back and it settles right back down in the middle and what i love about this is that it's a really good just fail safe thing you have no idea what to do this is always a great starting point and what uh, glassman had to say in terms of nutrition was to eat meat and vegetables nuts and seeds some fruit little starch no sugar keep intake levels that will support exercise and not body fat so you break that down when he uh, when he goes into the you know the kind of the general uh, the general ideas on what food to eat you know you're looking at natural food things that are things that come from the earth things that earth provides that do not come in a package okay stay on the perimeter of the of the grocery store exactly down the aisles. you think you think about how a grocery store is laid out you think about what is on the outside of it that's where your uh, where your produce is that's where your meats and uh and vegetables and fruits and everything is that's where uh, where you would want to be where you'd want to be looking and uh, also uh, no sugar and what he means by that is refined sugar you know obviously the uh, table sugar and stuff like that but and um you know there's more and more studies coming out on the uh the uh, the effects that that can have on the body and none of it is positive, and uh, then and then he uh, he segues that also into a part that I really think gets overlooked by a lot of people that are that that uh, subscribe to this way of eating, but they also forget that you need to eat intake levels that are going uh, that will support your exercise and not your body fat. So what he's trying to say there, I mean, there's so many people that are on one side or the other. Is it quality or is it quantity? It's like, well, it's both. It is one A and one B. You know, you, uh, you can eat um, all the broccoli and chicken that you want, but if you're eating more than your, uh, than your appropriate caloric intake, then you're still going to put on body fat. You know, if you eat, too, if you eat more healthy food than you need, you're going you know, you're a, uh, it's uh, it's still not going to work. So I know we're we're gonna get, uh, hear from Hunter in just a second, but I, I immediately had a question. And I'm going to try to keep control of this, but one thing that I feel a misconception that people have, and that I have, they ask me this all the time when they hear that I do CrossFit. They're like, "Oh, you're one of those paleo guys." Right. So is what you're describing paleo or not? Uh, to an extent, I mean, paleo. That's a that's a term. It gets used very loosely, and every. It seems like every time you turn around, you read something else about paleo. They're adding foods in and taking things out. I mean, what it really comes down to, I think, if you wanted to say, "I'm going to eat paleo," that really it should just mean I'm going to eat natural foods, which is exactly what that definition describes. Yeah. The other thing that we hear a lot inside of our particular box, and man, I hear this all the time. I've never eaten this much, and then people get they get scared and they throttle back, and that actually has you're saying that that actually has negative impacts. Yeah, um, I think uh, I think what you're uh, uh, what you're saying is like when we, if we uh, if we are prescribing quantity to people, they say they like they've never eaten this much. Yeah, they get into fitness pal and they see that that big number of the calorie for the for the day, and they're like, "There's no way I'm actually going to I'll be yeah. I will be too big to fit in this gym." Yeah, well, one, they probably think they've never eaten that much, and two, you got to look at you got to look at. Uh, the fact that you're just eating for volume, you know, you're, uh, you're all, if, and also when you eat, when you eat whole foods like that, they're easier, uh, or they're, they're, uh, they're harder to break down. The body has to work harder to digest, uh, uh, fibrous foods like 
you know, plants, vegetables, and things like that, and it has to work harder to break down uh, to break down meat than it does uh, instant mashed potatoes and a protein shake. So when the body has to work harder to to uh, digest it, it um, increases your uh, your metabolism and it can help burn body fat more efficiently. So we're just breaking down some stuff that tends to get people caught, get people stuck in those initial phases. And one thing that we've already started doing that I think, Hunter, you can help us out with here. We've just got these terms that we're throwing out that if we are honest, a lot of people are just unaware of what these terms actually mean. And you deal with this a lot as you're talking to athletes. They think they understand the terminology of what they're trying to say. But there's a when we say particular words related to nutrition inside of CrossFit, we mean very definitive things, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So let's just let's just start and just kind of define what is a calorie. Okay. So, you know, Chris kind of talked, you know, about the the you know, the quality uh, side of things and he also touched on the quantity side of things but whenever we're talking about quantity you know people immediately go to calories so what like what is a calorie a calorie is actually amount of uh energy to raise the temperature of water okay so that's that's what they're actually looking at it's the amount of, of what well, calories amount of energy required to raise uh one kilogram of water by one degree celsius that's what it is okay so it's a it's a unit of measure of of energy. Okay. So, so it's not delicious points. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So when we're looking at calories, all it is, is energy. So that's what, that's what food is, is your body's converting it to energy. That's what we use to, to run or do whatever we're doing. So when, when we're looking at how many calories it takes or you can eat in a day that you're looking at how many calories you need to run your body throughout that day. So obviously, if you're doing uh, a lot of high intense exercise, then you're going to need more calories. If you're if you're sitting on the couch all day, you're going to need less calories. If you weigh 250 pounds, you're going to need a lot more calories than somebody who weighs 100 pounds because it takes more energy to run that system. If that makes sense. So, how many calories am I supposed to eat? Uh, it's different for everybody, you know. Uh, obviously a bigger, stronger person is going to need more calories than a smaller, thinner person, but you don't really know exactly. I mean, there's tables and stuff you can look up online and get a guessment, but really what I say, the best way to do it is to write down what you eat every day for seven days, weigh yourself at the beginning and at the end. Okay. Find the average calories you're taking in over that time period. So say you're averaging 2,500 per day and your weight stayed the same. Okay. So that's, that's about how many you need per day. If I'm trying to lose weight, what do I need to do? I need to eat less calories than that per day. If I need to eat, if I'm trying to gain weight, what I need to do, I need to eat more calories per day. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you're saying there's that they're actually different goals based on the person and there's, there isn't a one size fits all. It's not like a pamphlet or a book that you can hand to say, just someone and say, follow this formula. There are lots of different variables that go on. And I think one of the initial reactions probably from our listeners is, man, that just sounds like a lot of work. Do I actually have to do that? Like, I, I don't know, man. There's just a way that I eat. Can't. So this is a question I want to ask for our listening audience. Can't I just eat what I want and just work harder? in the box won't that work well i would ask this person this way has what you've done before in the past worked all right stay out of my business (laughs) (laughs) what's the workout today (laughs) just asking for a friend (laughs) so so a lot of people they don't want to 
to spend the time to count their calories. I get that. It's hard at first. It really takes a lot of time, but you're never going to know exactly what you're eating until you start actually looking at it and writing it down. People always say, oh, you know, my diet's pretty good. I'm not eating that much, blah, blah, blah. And then if they actually spend the time to write it down and look at it and add it up, well, shoot, maybe you're eating 1,500 calories Monday through Thursday, and then Friday you're going to happy hour, you're pounding six drinks, you're having three appetizers. Saturday you're going to the tailgate, that football, you're grazing on food all day. You add all that stuff up, all of a sudden you're having five, 6,000 calories on the weekend per day. That's bumping your average up big time. So, yeah, maybe during the week you're not taking in a whole lot, but during the weekend uh, you're taking in a whole lot. So, just becoming aware of what you're eating is the first step. And then, you know, the majority of people have no idea what they're eating and they don't have, they don't realize how many calories are in something. Like if you go to a fast food restaurant and you get a burger, I mean, you're get you're looking at 1200, 1500 calories for one burger. You know, you have a Coke, you know, you throw a Coke and some fries on that. You're at 2000 calories. You're almost at, you know, for an average size person, you're getting close to what your daily calorie is. And that's in one meal. So just becoming aware of that. So, Yes, you can do it without counting your calories. You can do it intuitively. But um, if you haven't been able to have success not doing it that way, I would say you probably need to change something. It's one of the most frustrating experiences to walk up to Hunter and Chris say, man, you're wanting to talk about these training problems that you're having. You're, you, know, you feel like you're running out of energy quickly. And these guys both say almost every time, how's your nutrition? I'm like, man, get shut up. I I want to I want to complain about the workout. I don't want to talk about what I had for lunch, but there is a direct effect there. One thing that I'm realizing as you're explaining that, Hunter, those are the days that most people are training the least that they're taking in the most amount of calories. That just sucks that that's like the rhythm of life where people shut down on the weekend and relax and they and they actually need fewer calories on that day if I'm hearing you correctly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you're sitting on the couch watching football all day, you're not burning a whole lot you know and so if you're just snacking constantly you know eating wings or whatever you're gonna be in you're probably gonna end up taking in way more calories than you need and then if you're at a calorie deficit throughout the week you're probably hungry by the weekend and you probably end up eating more unless you're disciplined with you know how much you're eating and staying on top of of counting your calories and stuff like that because you know it's really easy for us to be you know, discipline for three, four, five days. But then if we don't have a specific plan that we're following, if we're just going, oh, I'm just going to eat less, that's not going to hold up eventually for most people because they're going to get hungry and then they're going to end up eating way more than they think they are. And there is a, let's point this out, um, there is a little bit of freedom at the end of this process here to be able to say, all right, I've got control of my eating and I know that I can venture out and do this thing. I mean, we ask our athletes of the month every month, what's your favorite cheat meal? That's a real thing. You're able to go out there and enjoy that. And you're free from all of the guilt of thinking, man, I'm wrecking my training right now. You can depart from your plan for a little bit. Chris, you talk to me about this all the time. You can fall off the wagon. That's fine. You just need to get back on. You can park the wagon. Yeah, that's right. You can park the wagon, but then you need to you need to get back on and return to your your regularly scheduled programming. So, uh, but one thing I, that we've called out, and Chris, I want you to address this: there are different types of athletes that have different goals, and uh, we know that from seeing the people that walk in our particular box in the front door. Everybody doesn't have the same goal. There are people who are trying to add mass. There are people who are trying to lose fat. You guys have different approaches for those different types of people. 
Could you walk us through maybe just the two extremes of someone who's coming in? Typically, there's a person who's coming in trying to lose a lot of weight that they've added on over the course of probably a decade plus. There's other people that are coming in. They're like, you know what? I'm tired of being the the skinny guy. I want to add on some mass. I just don't know how to do that. You have to walk people through those two scenarios quite frequently. What's your method of approach on those two athletes? Well, anytime that you're going to make a drastic change in somebody's lifestyle, I mean, you know, the time you spend eating is a, is a major, major part of people's lives. And, um, the, the best thing, uh, usually the best thing to do is to, um, just like, just like anything else, the same way that we had taken approach to training, you have to start with the basics and then you can work into things that are more complex. You know, if, uh, if somebody walks in, it's their first day in the gym and I just say, all right, you see those rings up there, we're going to do some muscle ups. Here's what it looks like. All right, good luck. You know, that's not a, that is not the best approach to take. People are going to get, you try to do that. People are going to get frustrated. They're going to get burned out. And, um, and it's just going to have a, uh, it's just going to have negative effects. So the first thing that I try to do with people, and, uh, this is if, whether somebody wants to gain weight or lose weight is I have them first, like Hunter was talking about, track their food for five days, just so that they can be aware of how much or how little they are eating. Okay, so what? Because uh, food recall is one of the worst memories that uh, that people have. People, a lot of people think that they eat fine, and then they you write down they write down what they eat, and they're like, "Oh, I didn't realize I was having uh, I was having pancakes and orange juice every morning this week." And mm-hmm. uh, and it really it really is amazing that uh, that we just program ourselves to just kind of eat something and just forget about it. Oh no, I didn't have that. I didn't eat that. That doesn't count. Pancakes and orange juice every morning sounds amazing. Doesn't it? <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm thinking about trying that. <laughs> Calories at, uh, between 2 and 4 a.m., they don't count because I don't remember them. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the weekend and having a few drinks, any, I don't remember those appetizers, so they never happened. Yeah, those fourth meal trips at Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you guys are talking from personal experience here. This is true. These so the food recall yeah. thing, I, man, that is absolutely true. You just forget, you know, what you had for breakfast, and yeah. then you complain about how your training's going. So you you take people through the process of you're saying physically write this stuff down. You and yeah. Hunter are both saying in some just, on a sheet of paper. Just be, just be aware. Have more self awareness of what uh, of what's going uh, what's going into your body. And so the next thing the next thing that I do is uh, if somebody needs to lose weight, I. Uh, really to to gain weight too to an extent i try i add things in i don't want to take things away right off the bat the first thing that the first thing that i, that I do with somebody who needs to uh that needs to lose weight or gain weight is i say okay you know one i want you to start drinking more water a good start is one ounce for every uh like you t- take your body weight divide it in half one ounce per pound this is a good starting point and it's a lot of water and that's how much we need. And uh, the next thing, the next thing I tell people is to eat more protein. Try to get bare minimum three servings of protein, four to five ounces a day. Okay. The next thing that I say, especially with somebody who needs to lose weight, is to chew your food slower. There's been a lot of studies that shows a huge correlation between fast eaters and weight gain. You know, and there's a lot of reasons for that you know when uh when you eat your food really really fast those uh, satiety hormones don't release as quick so basically you're 
getting a lot more food in you before you even realize that you're not hungry anymore. Okay, so if you you slow down, you chew your food, take a bite, put the utensils down, chew uh, chew you know, up to twenty times a bite, swallow it. It'll uh, you'll get full, you'll feel fuller faster, so your caloric intake will naturally go down, and it'll also help with uh, help with digestion. You will actually absorb your food better because you're chewing it and breaking it down more, and. Uh, and that uh, and that can also work for somebody who wants to who wants to gain weight. If you if you're wanting to gain weight, you obviously you want to gain weight the right way. So usually people that have a hard time gaining weight usually they're not eating enough protein, so they're not getting the uh, the utilities that uh, that they need to help build the body back up to help build the lean mass that they want. And um, and when they're if they're just scarfing it down. Then they're not absorbing the protein that can act that can help build that uh, build that muscle. So like if you see people, uh, like if somebody's uh, drinking a post workout shake and they just guzzle it down, you know you're not you're probably not getting all of the nutrients that are in that shake. It's better to uh, just um, take a sip, swish it around your mouth for a little bit, swallow it, and enjoy it. Yeah, just slow that slow that process down some. Yeah, so it's interesting in your answer, I hear that really there's a prescription for both sides. You're starting with these basic building blocks, whether you're wanting to pull back your weight or add to your weight, you need to start with these basic general principles of setting. It's just like like in anything else, whether it's training or whatever, any major change has to start with small basic steps. Yeah, I think that's awesome. One thing, uh, Hunter, is going in my mind right now, something you and I have talked about a lot is that you have simplified this process and creating a system. You don't wake up every day having to figure all this stuff out. You've kind of fallen into a track of what you do. I remember you have written some stuff about your breakfast that you have each morning. It's like instead of complicating this system, I'm going to simplify it by just doing things repetitively, which falls into actually what you do inside the gym as you're training. You take that approach to to your nutrition, and that's helped you, right? Right, yeah. So that you kind of talked about that earlier. Um, uh, there's a uh, former Navy SEAL named Jocko Willink, and he wrote a book called Discipline Equals Freedom. And w- what basically the what that means is that you have discipline, and it gives you freedom to be able to have flexibility with your diet. So if you know that I'm eating X amount of food for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day, then you know on the weekend if I get off track for a day. I can get right back on track on Monday without having to worry about it. Um, so it frees you up because you know that it's not a big deal if you mess up because you already have it the the structure in place to get right back on track. And it also takes away the decision-making. So if you know when I wake up in the morning, I'm having this shake with XX Nex in it, I, I don't have to think about it. I just do it. If, if I know what I'm having for lunch, I've already prepackaged it. I've already set it up for the week. I've already bought it all for the week. Uh, it's 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 not a big deal just to go home and eat it. But if you're every single meal, you're having to think, what am I going to eat this meal? What am I going to eat this meal? You're going to end up making a bad decision. Um, so basically what I, what I did for myself and what I try to do for other people is this a little bit more advanced than what Chris is talking about. But it's figuring out, first off, how many calories you need um, in a week to maintain your body weight. You know, so like I said, writing it down, 
for the week, finding the average. You know, obviously, if you're training two or three hours a day, you're going to need more calories than somebody who's training for a class, whatever the case may be, depending on your lifestyle, size, all that type of stuff. Once you figure that out, then you can adjust. All right, I'm trying to lose 10 pounds. Okay, I need to eat less than that. And then you you divide those calories into meals per day based off your your lifestyle. Most people, you know, I try to get people to eat four to five meals a day. And then you break those meals down into the macronutrients, which we hadn't really talked about protein, carbs, and fat. Chris talked about protein. I, let, let me kind of define those really quick. Protein is, is, uh, what your body breaks down to build muscle. So it's the most important macronutrient, uh, four grams, uh, of, uh, four, I'm sorry, one gram of protein is four calories. So what that means is every gram of protein you're taking in, that's adding four calories, uh, to your body. What is protein? Protein is meats. Uh, pro, you can also buy protein powder, stuff like that. It's in fish, stuff like that. So protein, most important macronutrient. Second most important uh, macronutrient is carbohydrate. Uh, so carbohydrate is going to be the energy source that you're using when you're doing high-intensity workout. So CrossFit, any type of working out. Um, it's also going to be the primary uh, energy source that your brain likes to use. Um, so carbohydrate is going to be like sugars, uh, grains, uh, stuff like that. You, you want to eat enough carbohydrate to fuel your athletic endeavors for the day and to then to help replenish the uh, glycogen in your muscles when you get done. So it's important in that aspect, but if you have too much carbohydrate, then your body's going to say, all right, this extra energy, I'm just going to store it for later use. You're going to store it as fat. So you got to find the fine line between how much carbohydrate is good and, how much is too much. So that's, uh, carbohydrate. That's the same as protein for, uh, uh, for, uh, one gram of, uh, carbohydrate is four, four calories. And then the last one is fat. Fat's kind of like a filler. It's a slow burning energy source. So carbohydrates, fast burning energy source, fat, uh, fat, slow burning energy source. Um, so that's something that you want to fuel your slow sustained, um, steady state. So like if you're just going to be, uh, not working out for that day, you want to eat more fat than you would carbohydrate. Um, fats are going to be in all your meats and nuts and avocado, stuff like that, oils. Um, so fat's good in that aspect. The bad part about fat is that it's nine uh, calories per gram. So it's over twice as calorie dense than protein or carbs. So it's really easy to get your calorie intake too high off of fat. Fat is also added into a lot of, um, you know, trans fats is added into a lot of fast foods. Um, stuff at restaurants. So it's really easy to get the calorie uh, count really high off of fat. So that's, those are three macronutrients, protein, carbs, and fat. So you got to figure out which, you know, at, at each meal you want to have, like Chris said, you want to have a main protein source. Um, and then you want your carbs um, around your workout. So if you're going to have a big workout, you want to have carbs before your workout and you want to have carbs after your workout. And then if you're not going to be doing anything you, for a while, you want you want that meal to consist mostly of fat. Does that make sense? Yeah, all, all of it really makes a lot of sense, more than just uh, my fitness pal screaming at me, I've done a bad thing because I got too much fat. There's a reason for that because that fat is a lot harder to dial in. There's a lot more margin on these other macronutrients that you're talking about. One thing that's striking me, and I, I think – probably most people are thinking at this point if they're involved in any sort of fitness and they have a guide some sort of coach or trainer then this is all these questions they can go to that person with if this person is taking fitness seriously 
they've done all the research. And usually it's been my experience that people are very willing to help other people dial this in. I mean, it's not something that's like, oh, this guy's asking me about nutrition. I should, I should have been hiding in the back of the box. You're eager to help people figure out their nutrition because you don't want to see them frustrated because most people will work a lot harder with the weights than they will with their food. Yeah. And, um, and the, you know, the hard thing too is, uh, trying to trying to battle that uh, trying to battle that frustration with uh, with new people that because um because the truth of the matter is even if you go to a you know a registered uh, dietitian you know somebody who does this for a living they are initially the initial prescription they're going to give you is just their best guess they have to they have to really because uh, everybody everybody is different everybody is going to respond to diets in different ways so you have to. Uh, Whenever you are working with a coach, that uh, my biggest thing, the biggest thing that I would say is to just be patient, let the coach do what they're supposed to do, and give it time to let them figure it out. Because I mean, it took you, it took you, you know, however long, ten years or whatever, to get to the point that you're in now. It's you're not going to get you're not going to get it fixed in six months. Yeah, that is the expectation, though. Yeah, and and if you and if you do, it's going to come right back. Yeah, we've seen that happen over and over again, haven't we? Yeah. So, your Hunter, your explanation of those macronutrients was really enlightening for me. I know uh, off mic we were having some discussions about some other other words, some other little small tweaks related to um, uh, nutrition that would be helpful. You wanted to work into this conversation, yeah, real quick. But first, I wanted to to touch what you said about nutrition. Uh, nutrition is the base of the pyramid. So, if you're looking at for health and fitness, nutrition is the most important thing. More important than what you're doing for working out, more important than lifestyle, it's nutrition. So if you're trying to make a big um, you know, body composition change, it doesn't matter how much working out you're doing. If you don't have your nutrition on point, then it, it, you're not going to be able to make the, make the progress. Whereas you can hardly work out at all and your nutrition is dialed in perfect for you, you're going to be you know, in pretty good shape. So nutrition is the very base of the pyramid. It's the most important thing, but it's it's the hardest thing. People have emotional tie-ins to food. Um, a lot of people just don't have the knowledge of what to eat. You know, America's modern diet is just awful. So, you know, it's it's hard, but it is the very most important thing. But, yeah, there's a couple other things I wanted to talk about. Um, micronutrients, what are, you know, you hear macronutrients, protein, carbs, and fat. What are micronutrients? Micronutrients are going to be like your vitamins and minerals, uh, stuff like that that your body needs uh, for health. So these are going to be really important for your overall health markers. So paying attention, making sure you're getting your vitamins, making sure you're getting enough vegetables that have all these micronutrients in them so that you can uh, have an overall healthy body. Everything is going to run better when you're getting your micronutrients. Uh, Not going to really go into depth all that, but I wanted to touch on that. If you're if you're interested in more on that, I would just Google what are what are micronutrients and look them up. You know, you know, but everybody knows to take their vitamins. Right. Um, also want to talk, we talked a little bit about timing before. Um, so timing is important in the fact that, like I talked about earlier, carbs are used for high intensity exercises. Fats are used for lower intensity exercises. Think about what you're going to be doing. Um, if you're about to be going about, about to go, you know, for a 5k run or for a two hour session of working in the yard, you probably want to have some carbohydrate because your body's going to need that sugar to, to, to run. Whereas, Hey, I'm gonna be sitting on the couch for eight hours. You probably don't want to be crushing 200 grams of carbohydrate right before that, because your body's going to be like, Oh, I don't need this. I'm just going to store it for later. I'm just going to store it as fat. 
Last one, alcohol, very touchy subject for most people. Alcohol, in, from what I've seen, is one of the biggest sabotages of um, body composition um, in, for, in fitness. I see it time and again of people, they come into the gym four, five, six days a week, they're busting their butt, and their, their body is just not changing very much because they're drinking every single night. Um, your body metabolizes, whenever you take alcohol in, your, your body sees it as poison. It shuts all metabolic processes down. Everything gets shut down until it uh, uh, metabolizes that, that alcohol. It take, metabolizes that alcohol as sugar, and it stores it as fat, all of it. So you can look at every single glass of wine you drink, every single beer you drink. Just look at it and say, this is going to go to fat. All of it is. So be mindful. On top of the, of the wheat. Yeah, and, exactly. And everything that's going to go in there, too. Yeah, exactly. All that type of stuff. So, you know be mindful that when you're drinking, you know, one, two glasses of wine every single night, you're really, really slowing your body process down. There's a lot of other stuff it does. It it lowers testosterone. Um, but from what people are seeing, seeing now, if you're going to drink, it's better to drink a lot in one day a week than it is to drink a little bit every single day. So if you're going to drink, try to save it for one night a week and you're going to make a lot more body composition gains than if you're just going to have one glass, which is counterintuitive. You wouldn't think I want to drink if I drink a whole lot in one night. I'm gonna it's going to be really bad for you. Um, you're better off drinking most of your out, if not all of your alcohol, one night a week as opposed to one drink drink uh, per day. We're not telling you to go get hammered every weekend. Be smart, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we did. I didn't hear that, but um, so I guess breaking this whole conversation down is something we haven't mentioned, but is a natural reflex for people that are getting involved with CrossFit or general fitness, actually, they decide they're going to make this change in their life. They log onto a website, they buy protein powder, creatine, pre-workout, BCAAs. They spend, I don't know, a couple of hundred dollars on all these powders to put it because you have to have a shaker bottle if you're involved in fitness. So <laughs> all of that, all of that stuff that you're putting into your body, if you're matching it, uh, with two PBRs a night and a swing by a restaurant every day at lunch, then you basically have wasted all that money on all those supplements. That's why they're called supplements. They're not the foundation of these things that you're talking about. Exactly. They're meant nutrition. to supplement an already good diet. They're meant to supplement an already good diet. If, if so. you don't have your diet on point, uh, you're wasting your time with supplements. You know, if you're looking at body composition, you know, it, it's, it's hard to say exactly what the percentages are, but I would say calorie is probably calories in calories out is probably about 40% in the picture. Uh, macronutrients about 30 percent of the picture timings probably 15 so you add those three three things together you're 85 95 percent of the picture supplements is probably at most five percent of the picture yeah so if you don't have your diet in check you know yeah supplements are good they can help but they're only going to help you if you've got all this other stuff you know dialed in if you don't then you're just wasting your time you're wasting your money on it we just crushed everyone's dreams as far as like, okay, if I just have five protein shakes a day, I'm if doing the right thing. If I just take this fat burner, I'm going to look <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah, so cool. I, I think I have a very uh, good understanding of some first steps that actually I need to go back and revisit myself. I've 
uh, departed from a lot of these things. I think there's been a lot of challenge in these words we've, we've spoken today. So hopefully it will equip the athletes listening to this to take that, especially leading into the holidays, correct, where there are all sorts of nutritional landmines that people are about to step on over the next few weeks. So uh, going into the Christmas season, we thought it would be good to go into our pop culture segment addressing the things that get us in the Christmas spirit. So uh, top three things I think we're going to talk about today, things that get us in the Christmas spirit. Man, Hunter's got the craziest look on his face right now. Uh, so I can't wait to hear I'm his answer. I'm kind of scared of his answer. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, usually it's like, hey, the Christmas tree. He I was, was just <laughs> waiting for the new jingle. I guess we're going to put that in uh, at Pope Post yeah. Podcast. Go ahead and hit that, Chase, the new jingle. All right. Well, I spent many a weeks brainstorming this brand new yeah, segment yeah. name. Yeah. Almost as much with. as you did for the opening segment, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the exact same amount of time. But, Ben, I'm going to get you to sing it. Okay. Yeah, I'd, well, so I'd, I haven't warmed I'll, up, but this was my best shot. I'll drum roll. Okay. Outside the box. <laughs> yes. Perfect name. It's a little take on the Dr. Pepper guy. What? It's the sweet one. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going into outside the box, things Woo. outside the box that we find interesting, that we hope the people listening will find interesting. We're going into the Christmas season. Look, look, it's it's okay to be excited about Christmas. You're not any less of a man for liking Christmas. That's what I've decided. I love Christmas. I'm still debating, but I'm kind of jumping on the Christmas train. See what I did there? Yeah. Uh, to try to get... The polar... Yeah, to get charged up about the, the holidays. So we're going to discuss the top three things that get us in the Christmas spirit. Uh, because let, let's be honest, it's a busy time of year, and it's really easy to be bent out of shape, especially with all the time we have around family. Uh, so let's talk about the things that keep us in that Christmas spirit. So we're going to start with Hunter, like usual? Same Always. Order? Yeah, okay. why, why cool. reinvent Same the wheel? People know by now. Yeah. Go ahead, Hunter. Okay, so uh, when I was a kid, I remember uh, Christmas time, we would always go and see these mini houses that this guy used to make, and he would put them on display. And every year he would make another one, and it would just get bigger and bigger. Well, I think I still uh, feel like that's defying the purpose. The little houses get bigger and bigger. No, yeah. no, no. The, the, he would add more houses. Oh, more, it was like, like a neighbor, more yeah, complex. Like a neighbor, and stuff. Yeah. Oh, I get. Yeah, oh, yeah. You're talking about the, the, dude in, the dude in Madison. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. So, so this was in Jackson that he did this, and and there was a bunch of them. It was cool, and I think uh, some some kids ended up vandalizing and tearing a bunch of them up. So he quit doing it. But now he puts some of them uh, in Madison, right by the the uh, rail car. So every Every day on the way to work, I drive right by him and I see him. And every time I see him, it always reminds me of, of my childhood, of going to look at these uh, these houses uh, as a kid. So I would say that's the first one because, you know, Christmas is all about, uh, in my opinion, reminding us of, uh, you know, our childhood and how excited we were as, as kids. So, um, you know, this always takes me back to my childhood. Every every day when I drive by, I look at him, I see him, and, and it's right before the turn to the gym, so it's really cool. As soon as I see those out, I'm like, oh, it's it's Christmas time. Those little houses just hit you in the feels, right in the feels. That's good, man. Yeah, yeah. I like. I remember. Smoked yeah, exactly. What, I remember exactly what you're talking about. That's cool. Yeah, I think it is about kind of capturing childhood, that childhood feeling as an adult. Uh, so you you're barely an adult, Chase. So you probably didn't have any any difficult time building this list. So what's your number three? Well, I don't want to say it anymore. Uh, all right, so if you guys don't remember, you guys that are like not friends with us in real life, uh, we're based in Mississippi, and what that means is our weather sucks. 
And so, <laughs> among other things, right? Many, it's just one of the first things on the list that comes. If to you mind. translate Mississippi, that's what it means. Yeah, weather yeah, sucks. Bad yeah. Weather. It's, an, it's an old Choctaw word for weather sucks. <laughs> but <laughs> that was funny. Uh, but what one of the benefits about the bad weather or the crappy weather is that the timing of it getting cold in Mississippi is very congruent with Christmas. So the second it starts to get cold is the is immediately when I start to get the Christmas spirit. So my first one on the list is weather. Weather. I love cold weather. You can actually pull out the hoodie exactly. because it's almost. I got one on right now. It's yeah. still seventy outside, but it's I'm in the spirit. <laughs> it's like almost Christmas Day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna sound like the selfish jerk right now, but I'm just gonna be honest. The thing that gets me in the Christmas spirit is thinking about gifts. I'm like, man, I'm about to get some pretty cool stuff from the people <laughs> in my life. And uh, let's be honest, I'm going to walk into the box sporting some new gear yeah. right after Christmas. Yeah, I mean, buddy. you know, walking in with those new shoes. You're going to PR in those new shoes. Uh, whatever <laughs> the workout is, you're just going to do better. And But then the other less selfish side about it is I, I enjoy giving gifts to people, knowing that, you know, they want a particular thing. It just communicates to the people in your life that you know them. If you can buy them a particular, you know, six-pack or a particular protein powder or something like that that they're they're looking forward to. I don't know. I just like the gift exchange. See, my family has really crap taste, so all of my gifts are they have to. Oh, dude, my family's got great taste, especially my brother. Man, the, the gym now is like the grown-up version of the the pencil sharpener when you were in class as a kid. Like when you had <laughs> I new got the shoes, you had, to, of crayons. you had to walk up to the pencil sharpener to show off your new outfit. You know, now it's like I got to go to the gym so guys can see my new Metcon. <laughs> absolutely, man. Absolutely. What? By the way, what is with the color palette of? athletic shoes now they're like they'll have pink neon green black and a little bit of camo i'll tell you what it's about here's what it's about it's about being noticed that's what it's about there you go that doesn't make you look good it's uh, all right. I but you noticed, that's, that's debatable. You, yeah. but you that's <laughs> Just whatever. I'll, I'll move past it i'm okay put on a brand new pair of crossfit shoes and pick up a wall ball it just feels lighter it's a true it's a true thing i've never had wall balls feel lighter in my life i hate them <laughs> get some new Worst. shoes I, okay, go mm. ahead, Chris. Let's start an argument. <laughs> All right, well, my first one, anybody that knows me knows that I'm a huge college football fan. So what gets me in the Christmas spirit are bowl games. Bowl games. When I was in, uh, when I was in high school and college, it was one of the, the best things ever when uh, Christmas break would start. And I knew, like, all I had to do was I, need, I, could just, I could go home, sit on the couch, turn on the TV, and watch bowl games all day. So it reminds me of uh, back when I was in school. And I didn't have to do anything for two weeks to a month when Christmas was coming around. And it was just awesome. Just sit on the couch, watch bowl games, veg out all day. Knowing that you are a uh, Mississippi State fan, I feel like there was a little bit of a cultural jab there uh, for all the Ole Miss fans listening. <laughs> no, what no, I love no. is bowl games. Unless you're an Ole Miss fan, <laughs> then you love... The next however many years. Then you, you love, love watching bowl games. They might miss one for, you don't <laughs> love going to games, bit. you like watching them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know what you mean. Yeah, the football does get pretty intense. Uh, of course, being in the South, it's intense all year, but especially during the bowl season, there's just always something on uh, to watch. And they're usually pretty exciting games. Plus, there's like yeah. 67 bowl games now, so it's, it's literally always on. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. almost deserves its own podcast. How this the explosion of bowl games has reduced Money. the yeah. It's literally know. it's like it's two weeks straight of my favorite thing ever. And it's college football. Yeah. All right, I'll go with you on that. Yeah. Even though as a Rebels fan, it kind of it hurts a little bit to hear. That's all right. We'll move past it. Yeah. All right, number two, Hunter. So number two for me, uh, when I was growing up, 
Christmas morning, whenever it was time to open presents, my parents, uh, well, my mom always put on the Amy Grant Christmas uh, CD. Uh, and that's what we listen to every single year. I always knew Hunter was an Amy Grant. Fan. <laughs> <laughs> it's just written all over him. <laughs> so every time I hear uh, Amy Grant uh, singing Christmas, it always just takes me back to Christmas morning opening presents with my family. So uh, we, they still do it to this day. They still put that CD on. So, I mean, that, that just takes me back. As soon as I hear Amy Grant, any one of her, her Christmas songs, it, that gets me, you know, Christmas spirit for sure. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the similar vein that I'm in. Because, like, I, I grew up probably for, like, the first 18 or so years of my life. I loathed Christmas music. Hated it. But I don't know what has happened, but the past four years, five years of my life now, it's just something about, like, not like I don't need screamo version of Jingle Bells. That's not really what I'm about. But, like, the, the classic, uh, you know, Sinatra ballads and stuff like that, it just, something about it just really gets me in the mood for Christmas. So music, yeah, it's just straight up changed the game, man. It's I love a it. Powerful thing. I'm gonna jump the rails a little bit with my number two and say, for me, it is Chevy Chase and Christmas Vacation. <laughs> you quote it even in like March. Oh yes, but you know, and here's why: because it's one of the <laughs> only times I remember my entire family went to see a movie, and there's that scene where he's in the mall. <laughs> and he just gets all tongue-tied, and uh, he's buying gloves or something. I don't know mm-hmm. what he's buying. And then there's the scene where he just wigs out because the the bonus and the boss. And so I'm sitting there as like this hypersexual situation, and then there's lots of profanity. And my brother's on one side, and my dad's on the other, and everybody's just cracking up. And it, it was just a cool memory for me because that that wasn't the tone of our family. Mm. But everybody just relaxed for a minute and had a good time watching a movie. So, in fact, I made my, my in-laws go back and watch it last year. It was a total flop. They hated it, which I don't know what that says about them. But uh, mm. I uh, I have a similar story uh, on uh, Christmas every year. Uh, we always Christmas night, we always go see a movie as a family. And about oh, four or five story. years ago, <laughs> <laughs> it, the, the choice was between, uh, I can't remember what it was. It was some movie and then The Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and, That's and, not a Christmas movie. And we decided to go see Wolf of Wall Street because we thought it would be less graphic than going to see whatever other movie it was. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm sitting there with my whole family, like my mom and my dad are sitting right next Talk to me. about your all-time backfires. <laughs> if you've seen wow. that movie, you just know, like, from the first scene, it is just the raunchiest movie movie ever and i was just so uncomfortable like i would have paid the price of admission just to watch doug's face (laughs) (laughs) and then uh about 45 minutes into it my parents just got up and left and i just sighed this huge relief because it was probably the most awkward 45 minutes of my life watching this (laughs) this awful movie was sitting right next to my parents and Oh, man, talk about a terrible decision. Go see Wolf Wall Street on Christmas. I don't know if I've ever heard those two things put in the same sentence, Wolves of Wall Street and, and Christmas, but there there you have it. So, yeah, for me, it's a movie. So uh, be careful with your movie choices. Is be the big very, lesson do your kids. research before do you go see research. a movie on Christmas with your family. Yeah. Yeah, well, mine is also, uh, is also movies, and um, I mean, can't forget about the classics like Christmas Vacation, A Christmas Story, and probably the most underrated Christmas movie of all time, Die Hard. That's a Christmas movie? That isn't. That it might be the Christmas movie. I feel like we've already talked I, about yeah, this. Yeah, on the podcast we talked about this. <laughs> I was just trying to light off a little controversy. So, so movies and music, yeah. it's kind of. And what we're saying is we have time actually during the Christmas season to enjoy these things in a, in a different way. I think mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. So here we go to number one. Uh, my number one is uh, the movie A Christmas Story. 
Uh, TBS always has a 24-hour uh, playing of A Christmas Story, and it's always tradition in our house to watch it at least one one time. At so, least once. Spare me. At yeah. least five. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the first couple of years it was like watch it over and over and over again, but now it's like, you know, one time's good enough, you know. <laughs> but you, you'll see it like six more times just in pieces. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it. kind of on in the background throughout the whole day. Right. It's on TV. Uh, so, yeah, as soon as uh, CBS starts playing A Christmas Story, I'm like, oh, man, Christmas is here. Uh, so yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah, it, it's it's a funny one too. Do you have a favorite line? Oh man, uh, favorite line. Uh, I don't know. I love what uh, when they when they bundle up his little brother. He's walking the <laughs> walking the, walking the, to to school. And he's, I can't put my arms down. <laughs> it's just so funny. Just waddling through the snow, and then he falls down, face down in the snow, and he can't move. That just yeah. that I, just seems like something I would do to my little it's brother. It's more of a, a movie of moments, I guess, yeah. than one liners. Yeah. I love it when it when he uh, he talks about his dad's profanity. Says he works in profanity, like artists work. And clay. <laughs> that was pretty good. My it's favorite his, one. It's his medium. <laughs> my favorite part is when uh, he has a soap in his mouth oh, and he, yeah. he rat, quote unquote rats on his friend and you hear on the other side of the phone, what do I do? Yeah. What do I do? <laughs> oh, fudge. <laughs> uh, I got to watch that today. Uh, so mine is also a movie, but I, I'm the type of guy or the type of person, I guess, didn't, wasn't specific to manliness, but uh, that doesn't appreciate most Christmas movies. Like, I just don't like most of them. But something about Will Ferrell and just perfecting Christmas movies. Elf, like nothing else, just gets me straight-up jazzed for the Christmas season, and I love it. It's the perfect movie. It's probably in my top ten favorite movies of all time, just in general. So it's that's absolutely my number one. That doesn't surprise me at all. Thank not you not at all. It, yeah. It's amazing to me now the the fact that Elf is on up there with Christmas Story and uh, and Christmas Vacation. Yeah, it's that movie is hilarious. There's yeah. no doubt about it. And it's, it's been out long enough to be considered a classic, right? It's like pushing 15 years. It's fine. It's just hard for me to jump on board and put it up there in my my top Christmas movies of all time. I, I feel think like some of that depends on your age. Fan. I know. I, no, I like Will Ferrell. It's just, I mean, like you were talking about Christmas. That's that's. That's a that's holy ground for me, man. You can't just let any old movie in. There. It just gets serious real it's quick. Christmas and CrossFit. <laughs> Mine actually ties into yours. My my number one is actually M and M's. That's the, definitely my number bunch one. Of rappers. Oh, I thought yeah. you were about to say <laughs> a rapper. I was yeah. like, oh, hang with me. I'm going somewhere. Something about rap God just changed <laughs> my life. I don't know. Did he do a Christmas album? The actual candy, you bunch of jerks. Yeah. M and M's, you know they they released hmm, the like uh, red and greens, the red and green, yeah, you know, which they taste exactly the same. No, they right? taste better. You're right. Yeah, it's just something about it. it's. My mom always kind of like the, the Hershey's Kiss commercial where they're ringing like the the bells. Yeah, and I'm oh, not yeah. I'm not a huge candy guy, and which we should discuss this related to nutrition. I'm a little Debbie man. You know, she has my heart. Fudge round. Yeah, but uh, the, when the M and M's come out, there's this particular tray my mom puts out, so it's kind of like tradition slash candy. Mm. Uh, man, I just I eat M and M's. Uh, sorry, confession time. I eat M and M's quite frequently during the Christmas season. Where does everybody stand on like candy canes? Is that just like we tolerate it, I, or candy canes? I good? prefer no. peppermints. I like candy canes. <laughs> I like okay. good candy, but I like the fruitier candy canes. I like not like just the peppermint kind. I like the, the fruity type candy canes. You would. Never mind. <laughs> oh, you mean you open the door on that. Yeah. Here's how I feel about peppermints. I feel like it's, it is the obligation food item 
during the Christmas season. I mean, who really loves peppermints? It sits out there, mm-hmm. and it's the last one picked always. It's yeah. just always sitting in the bowl. The only the only time that I feel okay making that compromise is if it's the, the classic soft peppermint sticks. I'm okay with that. But just like the hard candy cane that's stuck to the cellophane wrapper, I mean, you're just in a bad place if you get excited about that. But what you do need to know is that if you're ever in prison and you got somebody against you, you suck on one of those candy canes for a little while, perfect shank. Those <laughs> things get sharp. Y'all ever do that as a kid? I'm so disoriented right now. I had no idea where you're headed. Try this Christmas. Make you a candy cane shake. I'll put that in the file for when Uh, I'm in prison. I will write that down. (laughs) All right, so we're down to we're down to Chris. All right, so my last one is uh, is also it's a song and it's um, it's a have yourself a merry little Christmas. But the version that's on. it's on Home Alone. Pretty sure it's like Bing Crosby or something like yeah, that. Yeah, is that who it is? That's that's the version by now. Yeah, got to be. So I mean, yeah, that uh, that one can hear it any time of the year. I mean, it puts me in the Christmas spirit. Man, puts so me in a good mood. I've got that's. I'm going to be playing that on my phone every time I walk into the box this Christmas season, or singing it. <laughs> you you just sealed your fate. You're going to send it to me on Sundays when I'm programming. <laughs> yeah, please. And don't forget, yeah. get yourself in a better mood. I so. can't believe nobody had the Mariah Carey. Uh, no. Oh song. my gosh! I hate it, man. <laughs> exact opposite <laughs> feeling. I tell you what, the Barstool Beyonce Sports has been putting uh, some videos of people dancing and putting that song over it, and it has been absolutely Have hilarious. Have you seen the the goth like? Yes, space I was watching that. <laughs> It's so uncomfortable. <laughs> They're going so hard yeah. it's to, the, to the Mariah Carey song. I, I really oh, it's just funny. want to know the premise of why they're all under that bridge dressed similarly. No, yeah. you don't. No, you don't. That's fair. I don't. You yeah. don't ever Good want to know the reason. Ben, thank I don't you. want to yeah. know anything about them. All right, so wrapping up today, we uh, get to this last segment we call the recommends where Chris and or Hunter are both together. Give us some recommendations of things to dive into between one episode and the next. Okay, so mine is uh, I just had a long flight uh, to Dubai, and what I did was I downloaded uh, a whole season onto uh, iPad of, off of Netflix, which is the first time doing that. That was a really, really cool and a uh, really cool feature that they added. But I downloaded the whole season of the show called Mindhunter. Have you guys heard of it? I've seen yes. the, the icon, but I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, so it, it's, uh, it's based on a true story. It's following these guys in the 70s who are – uh, working for the FBI, and they start this own div- this whole division of looking at you know killers who have killed multiple people before they're called serial killers. And so they they go around there interviewing these guys and trying to figure out what's causing them to do this stuff. And they start putting pieces together, and they're able to start solving crimes. And then they come up with the term serial killer. But it's really really fascinating, ha- you know, watching them interview these guys and learn about why these guys are killing multiple people. And it all goes back to like something that happened to them in their childhood, or something with their mom, or something like that. So, Mind Hunter on uh, Netflix. It's a really good show. I'd recommend it. That is way less geeky than all of your other recommendations. I'm proud of you, man. Uh, yeah thanks man i I don't know if that's all right chris what about you man you digging into anything lately yeah i just got done uh reading this book called uh, the metabolic diet by uh, mario de pasquale and he uh he has a very uh, very interesting approach to uh, to weight loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that name, sounds right? like something you can name drop at a christmas be like party a, like a race car <laughs> driver or something like that like a formula one guy <laughs> yeah. yeah but uh he uh he has a very interesting approach and to uh to nutrition and what uh how much of whatever you should be eating and um i mean i didn't agree with it a hundred percent but what i did uh what i did like about it he spends uh the first um uh the first uh probably quarter of the book talking about 
uh, talking about fat intake. And um, I mean, his big thing, he wants people to eat more protein and more fat and less carbohydrates. His prescription for carbohydrates is a little bit lower than I would go or that I would, and I, that I would recommend anybody go. But it was really interesting to hear because you know, everybody is they everybody's either on the anti-carb train or the anti-fat train and if you and uh and uh they're fat both of them get a bad rap and uh what he talks about with uh with fats is uh you know he just kind of shows you that there are people all all over the globe that are some are very high uh uh very high fat diets some are very low but he says that like everybody is thriving you know that uh it doesn't matter um you know the people that are taking a lot of fats. There are people that are taking a lot of fats that do not have the heart problems that we have here in America. So that should tell you that it might be from too much carbohydrate and not necessarily too much fat. And so the, give me the name of the book one more time. The Metabolic Diet. The Metabolic Diet. And who's the James Bond villain that wrote it? Mario De Pasquale. Okay, that's the one. Also a race car driver on the side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there you have it. Uh, the recommends from the Coyote CrossFit uh, coaching crew there. Boy, that was a mouthful. So here's how we want to wrap up the episode today. We just want to ask you guys to do some things for us uh, in listening to us. Make sure that you rate the podcast. We would love for you to leave a review. But the most important thing is to share this with as many people as possible that you feel like will benefit from the information we're putting out there. So how about we uh, wrap it this way? How about you say goodbye, Chase? See you later.